It's another Monday, another episode of Talk About That. I'm uh, John. Monday. Johnny. Monday's our favorite day. That's right, man. It's what we look forward to every Monday. You might say we've got a case of the Mondays. hi You might say that. Did you have that? Did you ever get that when you were, you taught school? Did you ever be like, oh, Monday? Was it a dreadful? Um, You're like, no, yes. because I loved the children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I loved educating and molding young minds. I absolutely have had that. Um, it's worse, though, at like the end of the semester. Yeah. Like the, the in the spring. Yeah, like you right after you did oh, standardized testing. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's total lame duck. Mm-hmm. You're just like, you know what? I'm not sure it matters. You're not these, getting anything out of these. kids mm-hmm. have any more education than they've had so far. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, it's very, you're mentally checking out. And then you're color this sheet. But we're in 10th grade. Just color it. You know, it's very. <laughs> <laughs> just put your heads down at your desk. <laughs> Look, it's another movie with Mr. Driver. Yeah. Yeah, you can always say to him, come home, what'd you do today? We watched another movie. It's like, my, yeah. My buddy, like when you're doing stamp comedy and you're starting out, a lot of my friends who, who do it, because you, you need another, if you're going to have a part-time job, you need something that's very flexible. Yeah. So a lot of them substitute teach. Yeah. Because you can just kind of just, when you're home, you can substitute teach. And then when you need off, you just go, don't call me this week or whatever. Don't put me on the list. And so... A lot of them have material about being substitutes, but my favorite is this guy named Bernard Hirsch, who's been at our church. He's yeah. done coming here. So funny. And he goes, he's a black comic and he's like, he goes, substitute teaching is the only job where they can get a non-professional to come in and do your job for you if you can't make it to work. <laughs> I remember that. It's a really funny idea. Like, it's really true. He goes, you'd be upset, you know, if like they put the substitute surgeon in or like if you were, if you were in, if you were in court, you had a court date and then somebody walks up, taps you on the shoulder. Hello, uh, are you Rashid Johnson? Yes. Uh, my name is Robert, Robert Ramirez. I'll be your substitute lawyer today. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, I'm going to try to plead you down to life. Life? I got traffic tickets. <laughs> and then he goes, I'll mess around and get the lazy substitute lawyer. He'd be like, Your Honor, if it please the court, I would like to show a movie. <laughs> It's called Finding Nemo. I think it's pertinent to the case. <laughs> That's so great. It's, it's so true. You Bernard know, Hirsch is the best. You know, I started off substituting when yeah. I was in uh, school still, picking up okay. all the extra money on the side. Right. And my one of my first substituting gigs was over at Central High School right there in Knoxville, if you remember. I lived right next door. Yeah. And I remember they put me in the basement with a freshman math class and like they were all kids who were like repeating like it was oh, it no. was where there was a there was a lot of issues going on in that class and mm-hmm. i remember because i had been with kids and youth ministry and all those things i remember i almost decided not to be a teacher that day like it was like yeah. it, it takes a lot to rattle me i feel like but i was like you know i don't know if this is gonna I don't work believe out believe the children are our future this is <laughs> i lost all faith in it, but I but I continued uh, and went on and finished because you know I was already doing my degree at that point. But what are you going <laughs> to do? You were done in the path. Yeah, but you did that when you were pastoring. You were teaching part time. Yep. And and or I guess you were teaching full time. Right, that was my job. And pastoring part time. Yep, and going to school to finish my masters. Good. Yeah, Christ. those were those are the days. Oh, and you're a newlywed. Yep. Yeah. The day we got married, I was still a senior. Uh, and then I was going to have another year of grad school. But the day we got married, we got married on September 30th. And my, our first ministry job started October 1st, the next day. That's when my official hire date. So, yeah, we literally just jumped right in. And we lived apart. You got to mm-hmm. remember that. We lived. She lived in Clarksville. And I was in Knoxville for all that time. And, wow, just all of a sudden, 
hey, here we are, you know, finally married, and oh, you have a job at the hospital, and I have a job at the school, and I have a job or a job at the church, and I'm going to school, and it was you guys, it was actually awesome. We really yeah, I started to say this sounds like just an embarrassment of riches. You were just, just get all these opportunities right away. You're like, guys, great, we're so busy. <laughs> Meanwhile, people can't afford food as newlyweds. They're like, oh, yeah, it must have been a nightmare. I'm sorry. Well, it was busy. You know. <laughs> she was working 12-hour shifts, so that was hard. Yeah. I remember her first uh, hospital job at the ER at Park West Hospital. She was working 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Oh, wow, so, yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was really interesting. That's not good. Yeah, so it was like, wow. Not a lot of newlywed time in there. No. If you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Remember the slogan for Park West then? It was, yes. Yes. Park, Park West. West. <laughs> it made no sense. <laughs> it was like, how many people are asking the question? You know what yeah. I'm saying? To get to that, you know. I wonder if I'll die if I go to Park West Hospital. Yes. yes. Park, Park West. West. <laughs> and it didn't, it almost rhymed, but it didn't rhyme enough to make it a slogan. <laughs> we used to go. Like it should have been like, we've got the best mammogram center in the world. Breast. Park <laughs> West. Like, you know what I'm saying? On, like, man. that should have been, if you're going to do it and rhyme. Wow. <laughs> We used to go. Yes, humans have breasts. I'm sorry, John. Yes, that's you do. too it's edgy not for a you. bad word, everybody. Good Lord. It's not. That's just funny. <laughs> but we used to say, yes. Yes, Park, Park West. West. Yeah. I was thinking of something else from Knoxville the other day uh, that we were saying. I can't remember because so much of my life uh, of finding out what was really funny was yeah. just hanging out with you. Like in just the dumb things you were saying all the time. <laughs> and all the time I'll I'll send you a text like, Bro, I remembered something. Put it back into your app. Oh, yeah, you and you're always like, No, I'm not gonna do Sometimes that. I'll write a note down. We talked about that though, that when I look through my notes, yeah, I'll see like a jotted down idea from three years ago. Yeah. But I'll be like, Well, there's no way I'll ever forget this. <laughs> yeah. I'll just write these four words and you don't know what's going on. You're just it just says like kayaking. <laughs> And you're like, that's a joke? That's not a joke. And the number one thing that gets me is I keep thinking I'll remember. Yeah. But I I normally don't do it. I told you at lunch today. Like, I'm preaching Sunday, and I had this great illustration when I was running, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. And Mm -hmm. I was having trouble recalling it all this morning. I get so mad at myself for not writing it down. And I started another uh, kind of book brainstorm idea, and I went in and looked. And there was this great example I'd used in a sermon like two years ago or something, and mm-hmm. my notes just say Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, what, did, what was yeah, I trying? I'm, I'm going to like go research now, follow the bread crumbs. So, so this is from October 22nd, 2015. It's in my phone today. <laughs> I just was looking at my notes to find some old like kernels of a joke that I'm trying to develop. And evidently I was doing shows in Canada then because uh-huh. there's like Canadian references like Tim Hortons. Do you know Tim Hortons? It's not. like a Canadian Dunkin' Donuts, basically. It's their, it's their big coffee donut chain. Okay. So, and they're everywhere, just like Starbucks here uh, and Dunkin'. They're just ev- on every corner. In fact, when I did the joke, there's a buddy of mine, Marty Simpson, who we had on the show. He has this joke, and I said, can I do this joke? Because it's so funny, and it only works in Canada. And it's basically a Starbucks kind of a joke, because you say, like, I was just inside of Tim Hortons, inside of another Tim Hortons. <laughs> it was like a nesting doll of Tim Hortons. And uh, and it kills there because it's like they're everywhere. It's like it's like walking across the street from another Starbucks and there's a Starbucks. Is there, there. a sound that it makes when a Canadian room kills that's different? It's more polite. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, very polite. <laughs> and they, if they laugh loud, they're like, "Sorry, sorry." And, uh, I don't know why they're British now. <laughs> but anyway, here's my here's my Canadian joke that I wrote down because evidently I, I was doing the whole like how I lost forty pounds. So I said I lost forty pounds. So what's that like? Sixty five pounds Canadian. <laughs> 
That's my. And I felt like that needed to be written in the phone to preserve. <laughs> Don't forget this one. I thought to myself, that is pretty good. I think you should. It's do not it. terrible, but no, it's not terrible. <laughs> I, I laugh. I think it's funny. So I had this one. This is another one for forever ago. Remember when the Sean Hannity show had the "Let Freedom Ring." Martina McBride's song was his big thing. I don't know if I remember that. It would be like, the Sean Hannity show is on it. Let freedom ring. And it would be the whole thing. It was like he was tying in jingoism with his... Right. But that song is really about like about surviving abuse. spousal abuse. Right. And uh, let the wild sing. It's a whole thing. And so I was just, I wrote a joke about that. And I it now it wouldn't work because I don't think he even has that theme song anymore. But it was like the idea of like, yeah, nothing sounds the clarion call of freedom like the coo of a dove. <laughs> you hear that, terrorists? We got doves. Like it's not, it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You need an eagle. Right. Or a falcon. Let, right. right. That oh, sounds. You hear the sound of a dove singing. You're like, oh boy, here oh, comes freedom. Man. You know that Benjamin Franklin wanted our national bird to be a turkey. turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know turkeys can fly? I don't think so. Did you watch WKRP in Cincinnati? They dropped turkeys out of the helicopter to celebrate Thanksgiving and it, they fell on people and killed them. <laughs> don't you remember that show? I don't remember that episode. And then that's the whole episode is uh, uh, Carlson, the stage, the uh, production manager, station manager. He says, this guy is my witness. I thought turkeys could fly. Like evidently they just landed on people. So I was running the other day and like 22 turkeys ran out in front of me. Well, I think they can fly for a brief period. Yeah, and they flew. They're heavy. When I was coming, they were, but it was like quite the turkey crossing. Like, it was yeah. something else. It's intimidating to see a big and turkey flying they, at They you. took off. Yeah. I was like, wow, they flew. So yeah. I was like, <laughs> They I mean, flew I, completely I, away and out of sight? No, they no, they flew into the yard across the street. And they fluttered you know, across. So they saw me coming and, and wanted to get, and they had a bunch of babies. That's just like, like a, I knew that technically turkeys could fly. Yeah. But I, did, I'm not, I don't think I've quite seen them fly on that level. To, like, they flew as a flock, a flock of turkeys. What are they? They're a gaggle, aren't they? No. No, oh, that's a, a geese. I like that though. The whole different group of like it's a murder of crows and a yeah. pride of lions and a yeah. I don't know what the other ones are. I wonder what a turkey grouping. It may be a gaggle a community. A turkey, turkey community. community. And guys, as I begin our series on community, <laughs> you can all be turkeys. Don't be out there by yourself. Fly, little turkey, fly. <laughs> 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 hey, you, you got to see, speaking of little animals, you got to see my dog Ace today. Oh, man, what a cutie pie. Yeah. He had just had his shots, his first ever shots. He was today. a little bit, yeah. yeah. He had a little PTSD going on. Yeah, he was he was kind of lethargic. And, he's uh, great, though. Yeah, he's a cute puppy. I can't believe you hate him. It's not hate. Oh. He's he's a stinker. He's like, he's all over the place. Yeah. And uh, and I, I do, I love him to death, and we have a great time. So Laura and Sadie... But he's ruining your life. Laura and Sadie went overnight to to Laura's parents' house yeah. last weekend, because Laura had a meeting uh, or a thing in Knoxville, and Sadie, that way she got to see her grandparents, it's going to be great. And I'm telling you, that dog, while they were gone, he was mad. Mm-hmm. He peed every 15 minutes. Like, I was writing, finishing up some things over the weekend, and the dog just got into everything he could get into and, and i'm telling you he I, I had to wash the sheets on the bed and i had all kinds of stuff doubled up like twice i mean the dog and as soon as laura comes home he's yeah. back to perfect little angel i'm telling you i think he's trying to say something to me yeah I, I, he's trying to make a point I think he's trying to say i hate you yeah it's but he lo- i mean he comes licks me in the face then i don't know that makes it it's like the mafia you know when they kiss you and they're like oh, the everything's great that's when yeah. you know they you get ready to get stabbed oh, wow. He's making me an offer I can't refuse. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he's, no, he's fine. It's going fun. Everything's fine. Oh, John. 
everything's fine. Well, I have two dogs, as you know, and but they're both. They're not like my dogs aren't for people who don't like dogs. My I have a very like uh, I don't know if you're in my house and you don't like being licked or jumped on, it's not going to work out. And uh, John, where are you going? Oh, you just turn on the lights. I thought you were leaving the room. It's like I can't vamp this long. This is why I gave you that keep going. I know, but symbol. I'm sorry. We need the energy. (laughs) (laughs) Professional radio here. No, I just think my dogs, they shed. Right. I wish I had non-shedding dogs, but I have the rescues in there. Yeah. They shed and they, but my dogs are funny and that, I always tell my dogs like, you're destroying my life, but you're funny and that goes a long way in this family. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be married to my wife if I wasn't funny. There's no way. Right. That so, covers a multitude of does. sins. So yeah. it's like, and in that same way, I'm giving you grace, dogs. Yeah. And so. But do you think dogs, I always wonder if you know they don't mean to be funny. There's no way. No. So how can we give them credit for something? You know what I'm saying? If if you're funny inadvertently, isn't that just yeah. kind of sad? You know what I'm saying? Like right. when you're funny inadvertently, you're the butt of the joke. You're not. Like I don't my, know, Johnny. I think it's time. Like my 65 pounds Canadian joke. It's like funny <laughs> in a sad way. Here's another one that I found way deep into the annals. And it never made it into the show. Horses uh, get made into glue when they die. I think it's actually pretty cool. That they're still useful after they're gone. When I die, I want to come back as Velcro. I miss Johnny so much. I think of him every time I open my wallet. <laughs> like I want to be made into Velcro. <sighs> that didn't make it into the... Sometimes your career is defined by the jokes you didn't tell. You know, sometimes people always go like, Hey man, why aren't you doing that joke? And I'm like, because it wasn't funny enough. I can't believe you're not doing... I thought about this one the other day. So do you remember when the big oil spill happened? BP? BP yeah, oil yeah, spill. Yeah, yeah. It was a huge mess. So at that time, there was this song on the radio. And I was doing parodies in the show then, a lot of parody, song parodies. There was this song called Airplane. Do you remember the Airplane song? Had Paramore singer on it, too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I could really use a wish right now, wish right now, wish right now. That was the big chorus. Uh-huh. I wrote a song about the BP oil spill. And it was, uh, we could really use a big sham wow, big sham wow, big sham wow. And, uh, and then I rapped in it, and I never got it to where it like quite worked. It never went for you. I never did it on stage because I was like, "This is already, I already." Sometimes you just know. That's kind of like, well, I wrote it and it was done, and it was something I accomplished, but this isn't ready for public consumption. You know, even though I'm an award-winning humorist, Johnny. Yeah. The truth is, I feel that way about everything that I write. Like, I, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the big Shamwell song. See, would have been I, hit. I still theorize you can get away with things yeah. that would be like you being corny because you're not corny all the other time. Yeah, is like half of the like it's you're adding fifty percent to the joke. Maybe like wow, Johnny was corny, which is funny because we know only he's our not. listeners could tell us. They'll be like, no, you, you did the right, you did the right, right, you did the right thing. Thing. We'll get really. tweets later. You know, I took that comedy writing class and I had to write jokes. That was my mm-hmm. homework, so I wrote a few jokes too. I saw you were looking up jokes. I wrote a few jokes. <laughs> Are you going to do jokes? No, I'm run? not going to do Don't it. Don't do it, John. I'm not going to do it. I'm looking. Although my teacher gave me some good feedback on them. Some of these he liked. Rick uh, Rick Roberts, wonderful yeah. writing. You know, he's going through kidney stones right now. Is he really? Yeah, it's not good. Mm, he's having hurt. a problem. Because he travels a yeah. lot. So I think he's had to like put some shows on hold. It's been that bad. Mm. So it's not good. Have you ever had kidney stones? I have not. I drank soda for a solid. I'm off soda now. Yeah. And I'm doing good. I've not had soda in eight weeks. But for but I've had soda for forty four years, <laughs> <laughs> right? Even as a kid, 
Um, we had soda. Coke was in my house every day. Yeah. And then I went to Diet Coke. I'm not an animal. But that's like one of the big things, right? Doesn't soda like increase your propensity? Or do you think it's just genetic? Like people, certain people just are going to get them. And my brother-in-law is total, total genetics. He has like 35 kidney stones in his kidney. But at all having times. said that, didn't he live in Sweetwater? He did live and in Sweetwater. And Sweetwater's got the, aren't they famous for having limestone deposits in the water? Are, there are, but I don't know. I really don't know, though. Where where does genetics stop in... All I know is I hope I'm the one of the lucky ones, because I don't want to have to do that, to go through that. Oh, I tell you, it's painful. You had one. You've done it. I've no, not, you've never done it. But I've watched people, and it looks very painful. you watched them? Well, I mean, I've seen them in pain. That's great. Listen to them. So, here's one of my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Things we had to... This was, they wanted us to write self-deprecating jokes, you know? Yeah. I used to do squats to get jacked, but now I just do jack squat instead. It's that's, just easier on the legs. That's not, <laughs> no. That's not bad. That's not. Okay. And no. now I just do jack squat. Yeah. I just do that's jack. like a tweet at least. I, I would, yeah, I was, would tweet that. Some tweetable. Used to do squats to get jacked. Now I just do jack squat. It's just easier on the it's legs. It's a lower threshold for Twitter, I think. This is a dumb one, but he highlighted it. He liked it. My college band was so bad, even our hard drives had no gigs. That's just total wordplay. That's, yeah, yeah, that's just total like. <laughs> yeah. My high school girlfriend used to kiss a lot of other guys. She caught mono so many times and nicknamed her Stereo. <laughs> no. <laughs> I bet, I bet there have been a lot of mono stereo jokes out there. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I was probably hacky. I probably had one. Did you do it? I think I had a mono stereo. Yeah. Every time a kid in my youth group ever got mono, I would make a joke You'd about it. You'd make a joke. Yeah. You're going to give it to somebody else, and then it'll be... Stereo. Stereo. Which I don't even know if people understand that two monos make a stereo. I don't know. But I don't know either. I don't know. That's, that's one of those things where it, perhaps it's a little too specialized. You know? You have to know about two specific things. Yeah. Yeah. You have to know about the disease, and you have to know about stereo culture. Yeah. Audio culture. Like, I have a couple jokes like that that I don't do that I think are really funny. But they're just like, I don't want to say they're too smart because that makes me sound like I'm really full of myself. Mm. But one of my favorite jokes that I don't do a lot is one out of five women is a Russian nesting doll. <laughs> and I just think that's great, but that it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. The other one that I don't do a lot is I think if Picasso were a football coach, he'd prefer the offset eye formation. <laughs> Right. It's very specialized. Yeah. You have to find people who know, know that Picasso put two eyes on the same side of a right. person in paintings. And you have and to know about football. Yep, yep, yep. And like that is like four people that yeah. know both of those things, yeah. probably. And I'm not a good... Yeah, because... Yeah. Because you're one of those people things. that know those right. things. Yeah, I wrote this one. I was so ugly in high school, even <laughs> blind dates wouldn't be my blind date. This is like an open mic. It is. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> We're just needing like... We need affirmation. <laughs> Guys, call in. You can't call in. Oh my god! It's okay, but this it's is funny. funny. I this don't is know, funny. John. No, um, you were just. Oh, you know my favorite one that you don't you don't tell anymore uh, was there's a you said there's a fine line. Oh, there's a fine line. Between, I went just, yeah, I just went to the farmers co-op and there's a fine line between a co-op and a coop. It's called a hyphen. Yes. Oh, that's so great. See, because that has that has all the layers I need. I think I've used it before too with, with resigning and resigning. Yeah. Yeah, because you can resign. When somebody says, like, so-and-so resigns, you're like, oh, no. No, he resigned. Like, it's the <laughs> it's same word. A, it's this exact opposite thing, yeah. <laughs> they mean yeah. The What is wrong with our language? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Coach Riley resigned? No, he resigned. He resigned. They just He's going to stay here forever now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's um, great. Well, 
Yeah. Jokes are fun, John. They are. But they don't they don't solve all of our problems, do they? Mm, they do not. They're still which segues us into the next part <laughs> of our program. <laughs> you just where did you just go? I was in uh Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I did a uh, homeschool event. Yeah. It's the sixth one of seven. Wow. Uh no wait Rochester was six one seven Jacksonville's this Friday but I was in Jacksonville also for you should have asked event. them to tell you what percentage that would be yeah Let's see just test their knowledge six seven what is six seven six divided by seven it's gonna go seven yeah um those are actually fun and and um, they've actually asked me to they want me to come back uh year after next to do them again that's awesome so, the homeschoolers they've been good to me I like the homeschool people yeah they're fun I think the more we're learning about uh. Regular school, I think homeschooling is like people are like maybe they got maybe they're onto something here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think it's just it's your personal choice, exactly, whatever you want to exactly. do. Exactly, I think know? I think you can be successful in, in all. Well, areas. this idea that homeschoolers are going to be awkward and antisocial versus like you'll be so much more well adjusted in if you're around. Like I don't know, I mean, I've seen some pretty awkward kids who went to regular yep. school. Yeah, no, I agree, myself included. I agree. I mean, we had a lot of homeschoolers in our youth ministry, yeah. you know, during the time when it was pretty large. And, uh, and most of them went to the same coop. The same coop. Uh, yeah. And um, and those co-op kids, like, if you remember, like, I spoke at their graduation in a couple of years. Right. We did all kinds of different things. And they had a school yeah. once a week, you know, and it got large enough that, that it was like. And they would do events together and cookouts you know, and science uh, labs and all kinds of stuff. So they, you know, they had that little community. And I think a true homeschool, people worry about that as a true, like, isolated homeschool only within the home outside of yeah. anybody else's. I think know. when people say that, they're almost saying, like, you didn't get bullied and I'm upset. Because <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. had to go get bullied. Yeah. And you only got picked on by your older brother. That's right. not the same. Right. No, I agree. It's a, uh, there, there's, I, I suppose we think there's a rite of passage a little bit yeah. through the social awkwardness, especially of middle school and early high school, you know? What do you think about, like, we've talked about bullying before, but the idea that we're removing a lot of adversity from kids yeah, and like to some detriment, I, I, I in my opinion, and that's a, I don't want anybody to feel bullied and like go home and like feel like they're less than and all that. But this idea that like you're going to encounter jerks in your life, yeah, and we're trying to figure out how to soften everything for our kids. I don't know what I, you have a different. Maybe you have a different feel on this because you have a child in school. A lot of the things I hear right now in the language um, of what to do if kids encounter mm-hmm. a bullying situation, a lot of it it seems like it's become a little more, a little less passive. Yeah. And a little more like, hey, this is going to happen, and when it happens, you need to be ready to take the appropriate actions, right? which are to, hey, you need to speak up and say no. You need to find an adult. You need to try to deter yeah. the situation without actively you know, becoming involved if possible. Not be so weird and easy to be picked on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, I, what I learned was you go into school. The first day you find the biggest kid. You punch him right in the nose. Then all the other kids know. I'm not to be trifled with. That's, there you go. I never did that. <laughs> I uh, that's that's. I think that's prison. I don't think that's the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I do think I do think that they're coming to that like conclusion. That they're not going to stop it. Right. They're going to stop it from happening. But what because we, people have personality disorders, right. like bullies, are dealing with stuff too. Right. Well, we wrote that book. Uh, 
when Reggie and I wrote the book, Just Keep Breathing, we yeah. talked a lot about bullying in the book. And what we learned from the people at the Youth Alliance was the myth is that bullies are just you – know, parents tell their kids, look, that kid's picking on you because he's just more insecure than you are. Yeah, yeah. You know? And they said that's actually not true. The research is saying people bully others because – not because they have – uh, low self-esteem is because they have low empathy yeah. for others. Like it's, sometimes it's not because anything ever happened to them. It's just because that particular part of their personality empathizes less yeah. and they're not understanding necessarily uh, consequences to their actions in the yeah. same way that hopefully they will as an adult. But some of them will grow up to be the CEO of the company and just bully people there. Yeah. It's just more accepted in the – They're paid richly the, for it. Right. For the bullying. In some yeah. ways, if you could help them learn empathy, yeah. then wow, they'd have the best of both worlds. Yeah, you like know? if you see a kid pulling legs off of a spider, hey – Ryan, he's he wanted to come lead your company. That's right. that's your future. It's the number CEO. one thing I ask an, an employee. Did you ever pull the? Now, once you tell me, did you ever torture little animals? Where, no, it's where do you see this spider in five years? <laughs> I do believe now in the, in the executive role I'm in. I, I see myself. I was listening to somebody at Waterbury the other day. Like I think that the process of really deeply asking a lot of intentional questions before somebody comes into an employment situation. Like I, I'm a real like, oh man, I like this guy. You know, that's kind of the way I look yeah. at things. You want to see, you want to believe the best, right? I'm a, yeah, I do. I but do. But those questions are traps too, because people are trying to be on their best behavior. It's like a first date. Yeah, it's like an audition so you know for a relationship. You the, yeah, that's why. I don't know. I think the where more, do you see yourself in five years? I don't know. Right here with you guys, just. <laughs> Huh. Working underneath people and just being a servant. You know, what, what are they going to say? What do you think your greatest weakness is? You know, I think I work too hard. I think I care too much. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> sometimes I find myself not giving my family enough time because I give too much to the office. Yeah, you know, if anything, I need to I need to manage my time better because I'm just too efficient. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like a it, it's it's such a. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but that's the same thing. I think that's why more questions matters. So, like Enneagram tests or whatever, or Myers Briggs or any of those. Do you guys, are you guys going to do that when you bring in like new church staff? You're going to put them through the Myers Briggs Enneagram thing? I think I want to know more than I used to want to know. Okay. Because I want them to know. Buyer them, beware! If you're going to apply here, you're getting ready to get run through the ringer. And I want them to know more about us than they do coming in. Like, and yeah. I have done that more in interviews. Like, I, I want to. I go ahead and tell them, like, look, you need to know something. Uh, whatever you think this is going to be. We're going to disappoint you greatly. You're going to be upset, and that's that's normal. Uh, and what we have to have is openness where you, we can talk about it. We're not expecting you to be perfect, and if you expect this to be like some promised land, let me tell you. You know, in the old days, I would I would want you to feel like that because that helps my pride feel better. And yeah. now I realize the danger of that. I think this is a pretty great place with a lot of broken people who are being made whole together. That's our mission here. And so you're going to see stuff. We're going to we're going to let you down. Like so, I, want, yeah. I almost want you to like, hey, sign this document that says we're going to let you down. And then in six months, when it happens and you act surprised because you forgot we did this, I'm going to show it to you. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, we, I had a talk with. We launched a new community group on Sunday morning and. Um, I was with them. I said, hey, guys, look, expectations are so key now, I think, of community. Because mm-hmm. we don't even get that with Jesus. We act like that Jesus told us our life is going to be easy. But that's not at all what he told us. If we right. listen to like, his main words in John 13 through 17, he's like, okay, look, here's the deal. I'm dying tomorrow on the cross. This is my last supper, literally with you. I need to tell you what matters. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, you're going to suffer Life's going to be hard. They're going to drag you into the synagogues, and, and the Holy Spirit's going to give you what you need to say. I want you to trust and rest, and don't let your heart be troubled, because you're going to have many troubles, but don't let your heart be troubled. Like, over and over again, it's a 
it's a love one another. This is my new commandment right. because life's going to be not as easy as you might think, but I've overcome the world, even though you have all this trouble right. and it's going to be difficult, but we don't hear any of the, you're going to have trouble. Uh, you're going to be persecuted. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't hear that part. What we hear is, Oh, let not your heart be troubled. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, he wouldn't tell you that unless you had trouble. What right. troubles your heart? Right. Cast trouble. your cares on me. He wouldn't say that if you didn't, if you he didn't, didn't know you were going to have tons of cares. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so I, I, like I said that the community group, I said, look guys, our experience, if I put Jesus Christ, the apostle Paul and Dr. Martin Luther King in a small group, they'd all want to quit in four months. <laughs> like that's just any community group. They're going to, it's not going to be what you think. And, and you're going to want to roll your eyes and someone's going to offend you. And that's when it's really starting to get good. And the truth is like the, you probably can't be in a quality community group if you don't commit to a year, like minimum, a year. And I also said, I'm not sure compatibility even matters that much anymore. The truth is, if you all are compatible with the principles of community that we're teaching you, yeah. if you all choose to keep realigning your life to that because it's hard and it's going to keep causing you to have to to, yeah. to, to bend and bend and bend, and that's what disciple, make, becoming a disciple is, yeah. then eventually I think you can live in a – you can have all the friends in the world and you should. If you're going to say this – Every week, I'm going to commit to these principles with these people for godly community because that's how I believe I grow. Then I think that that can happen with somebody. I mean, I would love to be in a group with. Uh, I told him this: Jeffrey and Allison Holland are, you know, he's 30, she's mid 20s, and they have small children. I'm in my 40s, larger than 40s, and I, I could be with Mr. Wyma, who's in his 80s. Like, if we're all committing to kingdom principles, yeah. that could be a really enriching experience for us in our life. I you think know? you're right about the Apostle Paul. I think he would have ticked me off. You think so? I think that was his deal. Like he was kind of abrasive. Don't yeah. you think? Well, Peter certainly indicated that Paul had some what things think? that people were hard for people to swallow. Is what Peter said. Yeah, I think he was very like plain. Like this is how it is. Yeah, and uh, he was like the the hard the bitter pill of truth to a lot of people. I maybe. don't think he was that way in person, though. Maybe not. I think he was that way because he even said that he said. I'm, I'm writing you guys. He, he would like take, he would write as his opponent and he would say, I know you're saying about me, this guy writes these big time, big talking letters, but when he's with us, he's yeah. real meek. Cause he said, when I came to you, I came in tears and in right, fear right. and trembling and That's weakness, true. you know, I think that he came and he was soft spoken maybe, although he did preach that hour when that dude fell out of the window. Or was that Peter? That was Paul. Yeah, Eutychus. Eutychus. Eutychus, too, Eutychus fell out a window. fell out a window. It's a little biblical trivia. It never gets old. It never gets it old. It doesn't. It's the best biblical joke ever. So, I mean, I'll, that's always my excuse, by the way, for preaching long. Like, look, if it's good enough for Paul, dude's killing people with it. Yeah. I mean, it obviously wasn't that interesting. Well, then they raised the guy from the dead, though. So. Well, yeah, I didn't do that. So. <laughs> but I've yet to have somebody fall out a window. Of course, our windows don't open in our church. But so. you're right. I think it's interesting. And we were talking about hopefulness versus cynicism uh, when we were eating lunch together. And I was talking about, like, uh, it's interesting to meet people in my life who I feel are really cynical in their life, but then they're married. I feel like marriage is like this the most hopeful thing you can do. Yeah. Because you're pinning your future on this person that you can't possibly know everything about. Right. And you're just like, yeah, but this will work out. And it's like, that to me, that's kind of the core. And I think that we still, the, the fact that people that don't even know God still strive for that and they still get married, like, there's this hope that's built within us, even the most cynical person. Yeah. We still are like, but maybe it's out there for me. Like we're still, so I love that when I see somebody, like I just passed my 24 year anniversary on Monday. Yeah, congratulations. And so I just, and I'm, and I feel, I feel like my marriage is stronger than it's ever been. I really yeah. do. And, um, and it's not like I would say it's never been work or whatever, but I just feel like I, 
in a way, I've put my hope in this process and in this person. Yeah. Uh, and I put my hope in God, but I'm saying like, you're putting faith in that other person to hold up their end of the deal too, right? There's still that thing. Yep. And it's, uh, and it's a lot more courageous than just being like, ah, it probably won't work out. And you know, I don't even know if I even deserve this. It's like, there's a, there's a, I don't know. There's, yeah, there's no, something to it. I completely agree. I think one scripture speaks of hope as an anchor. Yeah. There really is something that holds you and hope. Hope is, you know, we, we kind of throw around the word faith a lot. Um, it's, it's like connection mm-hmm. to hoping like that. I have that. I think faith almost is, is the, is a belief and hope really is more of a confidence thing, more of a, of a feeling about that belief, you know, yeah. that, that belief that even when I struggle or even when I doubt, I, re, you know, I have that feeling hope is about an outcome. It yeah. is. And it means to wait, by the way. It means if you have hope, the word in the Hebrew to You've hope. You've not received it yet. Right. There's no way I can hope for something that I already have. So so therefore, it, it has by its nature a scarcity in order for us to experience it. Uh, for him who has whatever he's hoping for, no longer has to hope for it. So I, I really do believe that hope is what the world in, in the cynical place and what all of us, when I, when I feel depressed – it generally is because I have lost hope mm-hmm. and, and I no longer sense that maybe this will. And, and again, I think you said it right. The, the best layman way to say hope is, is something's going to work out. Yeah. Something's going to work out that I'm not sure. But you're right, man. How much, how much to enter into a relationship that you really can't see all the ins and outs of and every vow we take is for the unknown. Yeah. You know, you're not saying you literally are, are the beauty, the beauty of the vows is, are actually the scary part of the vows. Like, hey, you might get sick. Yeah. Or you might not. Uh, we might be poor. Or we might be rich. Um, you might die, you know, or you might, I mean, you're really saying a lot of scary stuff, yeah. but it's so beautiful, you know, that when we do the vows, people always well, do you have those written down? Can I have a copy well, of Well, the those? hopefulness <laughs> is the beautiful. But even as a creative, like, when you think about people who change the world with invention or with big ideas, they have to be, in a room where bean counters are telling them this can't be done, and then they have this thing, this extra gear that says, the world needs a smartphone. Yeah. I can take all these devices and put them in one. Yeah. And it will happen. And eventually people will be so addicted to their phones they can't even communicate. And I'm saying, no. <laughs> no, but, you know, I was thinking about, like, there's a quote from Henry Ford, and he said, uh, when I, before I invented the automobile, if I'd asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Yeah. So if you just go on what people want, but he had this hopefulness of like, we're going to push this further. And I think, uh, I don't know. I think I've been really examining that in my own life. Like where, where am I stretching my own abilities and where am I letting myself settle? Because like cynicism is almost like admitting defeat beforehand, but you're giving yourself the out of like, well, everybody quits. It doesn't matter, but it so does matter. And it takes courage to believe and to hope in something. It takes a lot of courage to just go, I'm all in. Well, yeah, I think being a, I think fully, fully, fully being a smart aleck might make you less smart. Yeah. Because like you said, you're, you're, you're just reacting to other people. You're not putting anything. Like when I see a a comic who is, his whole act is mocking a part of culture. Yeah. Or it's just, it's a reactionary thing. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like it, there's a connection with a crowd because people will go, oh, I get what he's doing there. Yeah. But he's not making anything. Right. Whereas when you see, you see some people and you're like, 
I never have thought that thought before. He just put a sentence together I never would have thought before. And that's the thing we should strive for. But there's a bravery in trying to create something new versus being like, I don't like the way you did that. I think Dwight Moody said that about evangelism. He said, I like my way of doing it better than your way of not doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Because people were criticizing his way of whatever it was at the time, you know, in the way that we always criticize past uh, culture. And he was like, I like, you know, it's like you want to just sit back and not do it and let that be, you know, enough. It'll never be enough. No. And I think there is something to be said for deconstruction as a part of a healthy mindset. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I know I'm sure everyone's heard about Josh Harris, the guy who wrote I Kissed yeah. Daddy Goodbye, who just, I mean, it's all in all the articles and everything. Um, he kissed I Kissed <clears throat> Dating Goodbye Goodbye. <laughs> he did years ago, actually. Yeah. He he got rid of, he kind of renounced that book, and he's now divorced his wife, and then he's also self-proclaimed saying he's fallen away. Right. By He was saying, by biblical definition, you would have to say where I am is probably... Um, meaning that I, I have fallen away. Right. Um, which I struggled with him saying that because th- the truth is, I think deconstruction can be a part of a healthy faith journey. And you and I were talking about that at lunch as well. Like, I think all the things we've tethered to the gospel mm-hmm. and tethered to the faith is if they have to be with it. And if if I now take one of these away, if one of these proves or if I'm struggling with one of these, it has to drag the gospel down with it. Yeah. You know, as if I can't. And, and, and that's something Sadie and I talk about a lot. Um, I mean, she's in a Christian school environment. And sometimes the language about evolution and other things is, mm-hmm. is very, like, rote and direct. Yeah. And and I'm one who believes. Uh, I, I don't believe that the world just evolved. I don't believe that it all just happened randomly. I believe God is the creator and in the debates of the age of the earth or in the debates of all of those things, what it really doesn't matter to me right now where I stand on that per se, as long as I believe God created. Yeah. And what I don't want, what I've seen for years is when, when kids who came out of Christian environments and youth groups, yeah. when they enter a college or a young adult situation, there is a season of deconstructing that's coming for them. Yeah. Like that is the nature of what it means to become an adult is that at some point in time, your family unit changes. Uh-huh. You, even scripturally, you, you, you leave your mother and father, you cleave to your husband or wife. Like there's a change where what you knew changes as mm-hmm. you make the jump to what is now your own adulthood. And that deconstruction is a part of life. But whenever we have like somehow, and I keep telling Sadie, hey, honey, w- whatever it is we believe about adaptation or age of the earth or all of those things, we do believe God created it. But I don't think you need to tie your relationship with Jesus to this yeah. because I know where that leads. Like, hey, let me ask you this. Are you experiencing God's love today? Do you have the strength to comprehend with all the saints, the length and width? I mean, I say it in different words, but are you, are you growing there, which is what all Paul and them prayed about. When Paul prayed for the believers in his gospel, yeah. in his epistles, it was never like, Lord, I pray that they would have a great understanding of, of how you created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. And I pray also you would help them understand the right political viewpoint of X this and X that. And I pray you would help them to be – think about the things we pray for. I help, pray you'd help them have a good day. I pray you'd help them to – like what right. he would say is I pray that, that – um, and this is the one from Ephesians 3 that gets me – that um, because of this, 
or because we believe this, I pray you would help them to have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and depth and height of your love, to know, I hope you help them to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, mm-hmm. that they may be filled with all the fullness of God, so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith, that them being rooted and grounded in love, they have all of this. Like, it's all about not deconstructing the elements tied to the gospel. It's all about them becoming stronger in those yeah. things that really matter. So that, hey, guys, if someone proves tomorrow something that, I, that you know, right. scientifically or not, I don't need science. I don't need science for my faith per se. I don't think science proves or disproves my faith because I've experienced this thing that science is not even speaking to. It's the gospel, which is the hope of Christ. Christ to me, the hope of glory. It's this life change among his people. It's this love among his people. And I just think that we're on this path that we're deconstructing everything so that we have to throw out baby Jesus with the bathwater. Like, why not? There's your sermon series. There you go, guys. That was for you. That was, that was for you, John. So what you're saying is you believe that Satan planted the dinosaur bones <laughs> is that what you're saying to me i think you got exactly that's what i heard is uh, i was saying, i was actually uh there's a scripture a scripture i was looking at whenever you were talking about hope it's so good from proverbs and i'm going to uh i'm going to read it to you now because <laughs> i doubt that you'll stop me there's actually two of them um one is anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down but a good word makes him glad like that just starts with the idea we get weighed down with all the anxiousness yeah. of it. It's a good word that makes him glad. But this is the one about hope. It says, a man's spirit, this is Proverbs eighteen fourteen. a man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? Mm-hmm. Like your body, your life can endure the sickness of it, but that crushing. Yeah. And I think that when we're hopeless, we're crushed. Like who can bear that? Um that's why hope is so important. And so I, I do every day. I have to ask myself those questions like, what am I hoping in today? Mm-hmm. Am I hoping in the outcome of something I'm waiting on to hear about a writing project or about what's going to happen in a church project or it's like, what am I volunteer hoping football? In? Correct. If my hope is in 2019 <sighs> season for the Tennessee volunteers, you know, it's not Johnny. I can just tell you right now, it's not in that. <laughs> But that hope is key, man. That hope is everything because a crushed spirit, who can endure it? You know, and I think people walk around crushed by the weight of the world. They're taking the weight of everything on them and they're deconstructing everything instead of going, look, this thing that God has for us is different. It's not tied to all the, all, it, it is a mystery, but there's a lot of it that's not. There's a lot of things we act like are mysteries that Jesus came to end. He mm-hmm. came for the purpose of ending the mystery about how God feels about you, yeah. about his desire to save you, and about who is in charge of that process. It's not you. You can't get there on your own. You have nothing to offer on your own. This is all him and his work, and you can rest in it. And if you can do that, my gosh, I mean, let everything else come and go. Keep your hope grounded in that. So I'm, I'm, dude, I'm sorry. Dude, I get, I get fired up on this. To, and you're preaching Again. this Sunday. I know. You know I'm going to be here. Well, well then I know my, I know be, my example be, would be. It'll be yesterday. When this mean? comes out, yeah, I hope it went well. You know, <laughs> that's your, your that's your hope. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a series called "Out of the uh, Out Out of the." Uh, <laughs> it, out sounds, of the heart. it sounds amazing. <laughs> out of the heart is what it's called, and so we're trying to model for our people every week in community. You should be sharing something that God is like speaking into your life. So for about. I'm not say how long, but we're going to kind of share every week about what we feel like God's kind of speaking to us right now. So, yeah, I'll talk about some of these things this week probably. But. That's great. Man. Now you don't have to come. 
I think I think I'm all done. I'm there full. You go. That's yeah. uh, remember the old Far Side cartoon where the kid is raising his hand. He says to the teacher, "May I be excused? My brain is full." <laughs> I love the Far Side, man. <laughs> Oh, so I just did the Comedy Museum uh, in Jamestown, New York. They have a comedy yeah. museum now. It's called the National Comedy Center. And I highly recommend if you're ever near. I mean, it's a very rural area in New York, upstate uh, New York. But uh, Did they have the evening of the improv background there? Were you standing in front of the brick from the old evening yes. of the improv? No, it wasn't the old brick from there. But, yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's a brick wall for a reason. I saw photos. Yeah. Anyway, it's so interactive. It's the best museum I've ever been to because it was so interactive, and, and they had all these cool things. That, like you get a bracelet with a little chip in it, and you customize your comedy experience. You choose it from a kiosk, wow. you know, from lists and lists of people with their icons. These kind, this is the kind of comedy I like. And so it kind of customizes your experience. As you go to a display, you touch your bracelet to it, and it pulls up clips of those that kind of comedy. Wow. It's super cool. And uh, there's even an area that Sadie would dig where it's, these big clay props are like rubberized props, like an anvil or an arrow through the head or whatever. They're all like little size, like you can just pick them up. And they're all on a shelf. And you go over to this big screen that's flat, like a tabletop, yeah. huge, like 60-inch screen. You place the item on there, and it lights up. And all of a sudden, a screen pops up with that prop being used in comedy in different instances. Wow. It's so cool. Uh, and I really had a great experience with it. But I just, yeah, it's... Um, I highly recommend you go to the National Comedy, and you would love it too. I think it they made they had a lot of things that I thought kids would enjoy too, though. That's amazing. Yeah, so no, I would love to go, but uh, yeah, you're not going to be anywhere near Jamestown. New York, <clears> and that's the hard <throat> part. It's like all those Hall of Fames are in really weird places, like yeah. Cooperstown and Canton, Ohio. It's probably because of where they can afford to build them. I don't know, because like like Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio is probably the biggest city that has a Hall of Fame and right, Rock and Roll right, Hall of Fame is right. in Cleveland, which is also amazing. Have you ever been there? No, I've been to Cleveland. You're like, no, I've... I don't listen to secular music. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Cleveland. We did not. Uh, I've only, I think I've been through, but we went there for a funeral. Cleveland so, yeah, is unremarkable like, in every way. I'm sorry if you're from Cleveland. Yeah. But the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is is a can't miss. I mean, you, you can't miss it, and you did miss it, and yeah. you, you should, don't, don't do it again. Yeah. I wonder if people live in Cleveland and have never been to it. That's an That's kind of living thing. in Nashville. Like, have you ever been to the Grand Ole Opry? No. I mean, not it's even. It's really the, expensive. Not even in the room. No, I've been to the Ryman many times, though, okay. for concerts, yeah. which is the old Opry. Yeah. But I've not been to the new Opry. And I actually have friends who are doing it now. Like, I have a friend who's a comedian, Dusty Slay. Yeah. And uh, he is blowing up now. He just did Fallon for the second time. Wow. And he's getting, he got invited. He has kind of a country slant on comedy. He grew up in a trailer park, and a lot of his comedy is kind of about being poor white trash. But he's super funny. And Dusty's doing the Opry for like the fourth time this month. Wow. And uh, you can't. Uh, he can't give. You can't get tickets. I've heard that you can't. Like, they're they're sold out every night. So it's not like you can be like, I know this guy. It's not going to work out. Yeah, but, it'd be cool though to see your face up on that. Oh big, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's what an digital, honor. Digital. Yeah. What an honor, the man. Big billboard there outside of Opry Mills. Yeah, that's a dream actually of mine. Even though I don't really consider myself like a, a Southern comic. Yeah. I uh, the Opry's. I mean, it's a huge deal. It is. You want me to help you write some Southern jokes? I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm all set. I got this. It's okay. No, it is pretty. I, I'm not pretty. really a joke writer. No, Tony. you are. No, I don't really. Again, that's just no. 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 Okay. Again, some satire, possibly. Yeah. In a prose format, that's more. And that's the, more my speed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I need more words, not less, to make. Yeah, something, that's true. Yeah. Which You're is wordy. the opposite of what you do. 
So. <laughs> I don't know if I'm that wordy. Here's the deal, man. You're verbose. Am I? I mean, you're flowery. This That's is, good. This a is lot of, not getting better. A lot of comics are, like I'm saying, you wouldn't say sad. You would say morose. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I think that's good. It makes you a good writer. Yeah. Uh, but if I said morose on stage, half of them wouldn't understand what I mean. See, don't you feel like that people should have to know words it bothered, anymore? It bothers me. But it's okay. you got to connect with who you're with, you know? I want, I don't know. And I'm not that, listen, I, I, I understand something. I don't consider myself smart. I think you think you're better than me. Mm, you, yeah, but I don't consider myself <laughs> smart, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, Is it's this because I watch wrestling? It's a, <laughs> I did lose a lot of respect for you. No, I'm just kidding. Gosh, I love wrestling. I like things. I like old wrestling, though, not new wrestling. Yeah. I watch new wrestling sometimes, like at pay-per-views, but they're just not the same. Because yeah. now we know it's fake. There was something about it when we kind of all were like, is it, isn't it? It was called childhood, Johnny. Yeah, that was right. it. I mean. When I became a man. Right, you put away childhood. put things. away the folding chair that I just hit the masked <laughs> man over the head with, so yeah. to speak. I wonder how many kids really got hurt. Messing from, around. Oh, yeah. Oh, Picking a up lot. the chair and just... My mm. brother used to put me in the figure four leg lock. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like 10. What are any kids like? What's the one where you, The suplex? Is that what it is where you pick them up and... And they go straight up and then back? Uh, okay. Now, what's the one where you put... You turn them backwards yeah. and you go down as if you're dropping on their head between your legs, but it's actually... Oh, your, it's a pile driver. It's actually your knees that hit. Pile you know? driver, yeah. I wonder how many kids just broke somebody's neck. Like, well, yeah, but down. they outlawed the pile driver in Tennessee wrestling for years. Wow. You would be immediately disqualified if you did a pile driver because, yeah, people broke their neck. Like, but, wrestlers have broken necks. What I can't neck. figure out, though, is since it's not real, if someone's picking you up to do that, just yeah. don't let them. Yeah. Or do you have to just... Well, keep... you think they might be doing something else. There's a lot of holes. But the moment can... I saw... The moment I feel you are turning me upside down and yeah. putting my leg between your knees, I'm going to be like, oh, man, I think oh, this might be a powder. This is a powder. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like you would have warning. Yeah. Like, you should know that that's coming. You know, I don't know, man. I'm not a wrestler. No. I know no. You're, I know you're shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we talk about our wrestling, what we would do if we were wrestlers? Yeah, we did. I think... I think I could have been an okay wrestler. You know... Eli, our friend Eli, goes to the old Gladeville Wrestling, the, right. the cheesy one, the independent one, where the guys are making like twenty, thirty dollars yeah. a match. And he said they always, they always ask him like, "You need to get, you need to start doing this," because he's a fit guy, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was like, y- "You should, absolutely. Hmm. I want to be a mask guy." If I, I would was. go, I would go watch that. I think there needs to be like preachers need to do like a loser leave town, like sermon. Like they each preach for 20 minutes. Loser has to go plant a church in another city. Let's bring some pro wrestling culture. You know what I'm saying? And then the next week, the guy's back, but he's wearing a mask. They're like, I think that's Reverend Jones. Second. No, no, no. I am the masked marauder. Turn in your Bibles. <laughs> Do you remember that time for New Year's Eve when we were in Alcoa and I was on staff and... Instead of instead of our pastor allowing me to do a lock in with the kids, yeah. he made us do like a marathon preacher thing that night for the whole church. Yeah. And he brought in a bunch of preachers uh-huh. and they preached from like five o'clock to midnight. Well, that was your pastor's background. He was like the old tent revivalist yeah. guy. So he thought this would be the best thing ever. And he gave me like the I don't know the ten thirty slot or something. <laughs> and he gave me my topic, which was God is not slack concerning His promises. <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> and I just remember like. Well, we're literally forcing people right now to come at 1030 on New Year's. No one's going to live. Okay, I mean, so my favorite uh, thing ever was the associate pastor one time preached. He very rarely got to preach yes. at that church. 
And his sermon that morning was night, night scenes, scenes from, from the, the Bible. Bible. Yeah. And he would do one and be like, the Garden of Gethsemane. And then he'd be like, another night scene from the Bible. And then he would go to the, and he would be, I mean, talk about, you know, uh, just, he was just uh, cherry picking. Like we get accused of cherry picking a lot. Like here's another thing that says God wants us to prosper and be in hell. And it's totally from different eras of the, you know, right. everything. We're trying to just put together God's promises for every need. But that's why you shouldn't have tattoos. We're going to go to this Levitical law that none of us are under. But night scenes from the Bible was something else. Yeah. I've often thought about night scenes from the Bible. (laughs) And I thought, I've thought about revamping and trying that that, that technique. Like, what if I use context and setting as a a commonplace? Now, I have done a little bit with like Nicodemus because he came at night, which I'm sure. I'm sure that that guy Nick used at night. Nick at night. <laughs> I've heard that before. Actually, someone's used. Did I use Nick at night? Maybe that I sounds like know. something you would do. That does. Well, wow. Well, I don't know what that means. But <laughs> it's not a compliment. It's very. But no, Paul and Silas. That was at night. Right? Yeah, it was midnight yeah, in the jail. Yeah. There's a lot of night scenes from the Bible. Well, John. the pillar of fire. Sure. You know what I'm saying that's at night. Uh, you have. Uh, you have. Uh, yes, Nicodemus at night. The next guy has to do like day scenes from the Bible. He's like. It's, it's pretty much the, the rest. Whole, the rest. The rest. Of him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he didn't say. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I, those were good times, but yes, I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying it was a bad sermon. It was just funny the way he his yeah. his uh, segues well, he was were old. funny. He was older, and it was it was a slower you know delivery. Yeah, and, and 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 it was great. I just he was such a sweet guy. He was. He was. I just I just yeah we yeah another night scene. night scenes from the Bible. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of. Uh, I don't need more night scenes. What all did he use? I don't know. I think there were a couple that were like real deep cuts. Well, hey, you, we didn't know. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't even know that guy's name. Well, there was the. Well, let's see. They let Paul down out of the basket at night yeah. to escape from the city. Okay, remember that? And Rahab's rope when they escaped when she hid them in her in her uh, house that night. They right. they escaped at night. See, I'm finding all kinds of stuff here. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, Gideon came down at night into the camp. You Didn't know? they have the little fire in the, yeah, in the jars when they, they broke the jar? And, yeah. yeah. Didn't he put out a fleece at night, too? You could do a whole sermon just on Gideon at night. Fleece at night. There you go. Guys, I know y'all. I'm doing it. I'm revamping it. <laughs> 2.0 night scenes. This is what the sermon's going to be. It Sunday. is this Sunday. I just, I'm changing everything I had. Night scenes from the night Bible. Night scenes from the Bible. Wow. So, uh,. By the way, we have to at least acknowledge, and, yeah. and listeners, we want you to know something. Oh, boy. Okay? Early on, if we ever heard a criticism at all of talking <laughs> about that, it was, wow, I don't I don't really care about Tennessee football and basketball, yeah. you know, because we would spend some time talking we about spent, it. Or we would talk about, I had somebody say, unless you want to hear about uh, Mount Juliet topography. <laughs> Like we talked about, like, oh, it's down off 109, and that's where the old Cracker Barrel was. And yeah. people evidently were just not thrilled with that. They just did not like hearing about that. I was like, God. Well, that one person didn't care for that's it. That's true. I mean, I'm always they imagining to... they represent, like, 50 people that didn't say right, it. Right, right. You're stereotyping, though. That person does not get to speak. I don't care what type of stereo they have. So, <laughs> they got yeah. mono. Uh, I did hear, by the way, from somebody, they texted me directly that they would be interested in sponsoring us on uh, Patreon. Oh, what? Yeah. That's one person. Yeah, that's one. So, guys, if we've just we, reached that's, if one we just person. reached one, it's not going to be enough money. No. So, we're going to need you guys. We have no money now, John. But the deal is, though, 
so it is almost football season, and here's our here's going to be some some promises that we make to you, listener. Okay, <laughs> and that is that Johnny and I will confine talks about Tennessee to maybe three to five minutes. Three to five is fair, and, and we'll try to make it in a way that you can skip it. Yeah, or that you might want to learn. Oh, maybe, yeah, you we'll know? give you the yeah, because everybody I feel like has a, a team they root for. Yeah, so you can understand our passion. And, and when the the topic's been on hope today a little bit, right. you know, and the deal is one of the reasons to talk about it right now is all we have is hope. Run we haven't lost it. any games yet, right? So we need to talk about it now, and then you might get to experience what it's like to watch friends who you're listening to mm-hmm. to, to to hear them experience hope. Because what if we what if we beat Florida, bro? Right. What if we do? And, but, and, so and now then sometimes a crushed spirit who can bear it. Right. Um, Georgia beats us. Right. And then we got to come back here and talk about it. I really have been so crushed for so many years. There have been times I've just thought about giving it all up. We're like we're a little bit beat up. This is how you know, by the way, you married the right person. I says to my wife the other day, I mm-hmm. says, hey, you know what? All this wasted time on sports mm-hmm. and the fall's coming and. You know, there'll be a Saturday, and we'll go do other things. I'll mow the yard. We'll go downtown to the farmer's market. We'll do some things. But we do make sure that we're there for the game. And, you know, you'll spend all this time cooking wings and all this stuff. And, you know, I was like, maybe we could just not do football. You know, like, just mm-hmm. not do it and find other, you know, more useful things to do. Because we're going to lose probably anyway. I just don't know if I want to waste my time on it. And she looks at me like I had three heads. Yeah. She was like, are you, what are you talking about, man? Like, what, what is wrong with you? I want to cook wings and watch football. Yeah. And I teared up, bro. I was like, I married the You're like, right. I was testing you. This was, you this passed was, the test. wow. I love it that even when I was beginning to stray, you know, away from what was right in her life, yes. like she brought me back. And, oh. uh, Laura, honey, I want to just tell you that I love you right now. And I can't wait to eat those wings. It's going to be <laughs> unbelievable. My, so I had a moment like that with my wife. So we were 20, 24 years. And uh, we went, we rode jet skis. We're hanging out my buddy's pool. We we stayed at my. You buddy's. rode jet skis in your buddy's pool. Yeah, that's, that's a not huge that's pool. not safe. <laughs> it's not safe. Went down uh, the slide. It was crazy. No, but he just he lives on the intercoastal waterway, and so we I had a gig in Jacksonville, and we stayed at his house, and it's a really nice house. Yeah. So he, he has a boat and jet skis, so we're, and we're just hanging out. It's so fun. And then we're just laying there that night, and I was just she was like, you know, twenty five years is next year. I was like, yeah. She goes, do you want to go somewhere, like a destination, and maybe renew our vows? And I said, that's a great idea, but I got some stuff out. I got some revisions. And I didn't didn't crack a smile. I didn't do any of that. I was just like, I got some stuff I want to put in there if we're going to do this for real. You know? And then she was like, what do you mean? And I said, I'm just just being, I'm joshing. I'm totally good with the way things are. And it, it's in that moment that I realized uh, I'd gone too far. <laughs> I, I crushed her spirit. I didn't mean to. Wow. I love you, babe. I would never revise. But you had a great trip, though. We did have a great trip. and uh, But things, look, we're in health. That's because she just... You know yeah. what I'm saying? We're, it's, it's things yeah. that we're in the good part. Yeah, man. But the minute things go bad, John, how do I know? How do I know? Well, it's only been 24 years. That's true. I, I know. mean, is it going to work out? That's true. Know? It's probably going to... It's getting pretty serious. I think she might be the one. You do reach a point. There is something about being this far in yeah. to marry. Because we'll be 20 next year. You're and such a rookie. I know. I know. I'm, I'm just remember I'm when swimming we had... in your wake of marriage. You are. But there is something like so uh, familiar. And I mean, really, you think about if, God forbid, something tragic ever happened. It's like, I can't imagine, like, 
like having to re-enter mm-hmm. a, a dating field yeah. or something. Like, first of all, you called it a field. Well, I don't know what it is. What do you? What do you, do you think kids it's just a, call a it nowadays? I'm just like, oh my gosh! You <laughs> just know. walk into a field. It's a bunch of women. She always says, "Yeah," because it took me this long just to train you to get you oh, exactly. You know, that's of course. I'm like, oh, you think you trained me, huh? You know what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. both think we trained train, the There's training on both sides, yeah, and it's like this is great. Like this is familiar. And well, what you're really training them to do is accept your terrible weaknesses. Right. It's, it's, like, not, hey. it's not about making them stronger. It's about like. You're good with my hairy back, right? Right. <laughs> Here, <laughs> like, take this razor. Good. Can't reach. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it is beautiful, man. Uh, and, and we do get to make mistakes, and that's great. You do. And I, for one, I'm, I think it's cool that you're willing to talk about Laura's hairy back. <laughs> 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 to be clear, <laughs> it was my hairy back. You know, a listener, we, maybe you have some sort of thing. When I only saw one hairy right. back, it was then that I cared. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, we do love you. We do. We do. We appreciate you uh, listening. Appreciate you sharing. Like we said, man, we had the largest uh, download month ever mm. in July. And so we'd love to see that uh, be eclipsed in August. So, man, you guys share that. And it, it does. It helps. It means a lot. And uh, we're in episode 72 today 72 it's a lot so, so yeah we're approaching approaching 100 bro and uh that's uh we're gonna get that we're gonna be the big celebration big live live podcast event um, we're thinking about a live podcast at 100 we have about 30 weeks to, to uh come up with that and to plan. get people to come you have yeah. time to make make plane reservations and get here yeah we need to pick the date now yeah because okay, we could do it because we're so consistent now we'll know and, well, we need uh, to do it at a cool place it doesn't need to just be here in the studio it needs to be like cool. at a I hope it would somewhere. be too many people to fit into this studio. You know, <laughs> but it'd be fun though. It'd be fun. You know, what'd be cool. It'd be really cool. Mm. Is have Dane with a band playing the music from Talk About That, the intro okay. music, which he composed. How cool would that be to have it yes. live and have him doing all the riffs and all the solos? And then we bring a few guests on. Yeah, man, it'd be great. Like a live two-hour special. I think it'd be it's great. great. It'd be great. So uh, that will, you guys go ahead and put that in your calendar for thirty weeks from now, uh, <laughs> or twenty-eight. So that's coming up. But here we're excited to be with you now. And uh, if you have ideas, uh, next episode we'll try to get some questions. If you guys want to send some in, uh, you want to ask Johnny, mm. as he calls it now, mm-hmm. uh, or if you want to ask me as well. Uh, and also, if you have topic ideas, things you'd like to hear us talk about, that you know, they could be cultural, theological, or just stuff about, often you want to know about what, you know, our history, or Johnny's comedy, what he's doing, how he, how he feels, where he bombs, those kinds of things. So let us know. We'd love to uh, talk about those things with you as well. But otherwise, uh, as you send us your stuff this week, we'll look forward to it and look forward to talking with you next week again. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.